Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mojo Sports NBA show. Today's episode 17. I'm your host, Riley, and today I'm joined with Shelly and Haley. What's up? Hey. So we're going straight into the warm up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Why you don't understand? Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. So today I wanted to talk about with both Shelly and Haley things that players or people that inspired them to play basketball. Uh, so for me, I only wore Kobe Bryant things when I was younger. I refused to wear anything other than Kobe Bryant because I loved him so much. Rest in peace. But I'll start with you, Shelly. Who was someone, was it a family member? How did you get into basketball or was there someone when you started playing that you just followed and absolutely loved and wanted to be like? Well, funny you should say that because I think all my family members are five foot and under. Mm-hmm. So none of my family ever played basketball. <laughs> I never played basketball before I had my accident either. I, I, again, I'm four foot 11 when I stand. So I grew up um, playing cricket and rugby league, actually. So I love the Broncos. You know, I grew up like, Darren Lockyer is my idol, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it wasn't until I had my accident in 2008 that that's when I started looking at sports for people with disabilities. And then that's when I obviously found wheelchair basketball because there wasn't such thing as wheelchair cricket um, to play that. So I went for the next most aggressive sport I could find, basketball, you know, non-contact sport. So I jumped on the, this was back in 2008. I just jumped into the NBA and I was like, okay, I need a team. I need a team. I need a team. I liked Brooklyn Nets because they're colors. So I just jumped, jumped on that, like just jumped on that train. And then I think in those like couple of years, I was just starting, like just trying to learn about basketball. Um, and that's when Steph and the Warriors was getting drafted and everything. And I just jumped on board the Warrior. We all know I'm a Warriors fanatic, but I'm not a Warriors fanatic from 2015 onwards. I'm a Warriors fanatic from 2008, nine onwards. No, that's so cool. It's really interesting to hear maybe someone that hadn't grown up with basketball, but was able to find the love from it from NBA, but also learning, I guess, what you could play. Um, Haley, what, who was someone that inspired you to play? Was it someone in your family or was there a specific player that you looked at one day and was like, I want to be like them? Um, well, I'd probably say I actually grew up like a lot more around the athletics track myself, but my sister and then my brother went on to play basketball. And as the youngest of four, I sort of just followed on with them. And I just, you know, was playing rep and then took it a bit more seriously, grew a bit, you know, to six foot. And then I've sort of just been playing ever since, but I think definitely my favourite NBA player, I think I've said this already, but it's Kawhi Leonard. I just like his mentality and he's not talking all the time. He's just, you know, very calm and effective. And, yeah, he just, he's my favourite player. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Listeners, just so I think I told you all last week, but Hayley can almost dunk it. She's pretty, she's pretty good. 
Um, Amazing. <laughs> uh, I have seen it for myself. She can hit the ring. So, uh, yeah, for me, also for family, my my grandpa is such an idol to me and I think he he didn't play basketball but he played for Australia in lawn bowls he only has one leg so he was playing AFL then had an accident and had one leg and went into lawn bowls for something different and he played for Australia and he's someone that I was so inspired by all growing up still am so inspired by and he's someone that really made me want to be a basketball player and keep going through all that adversity because I've seen how he done he did it um, throughout his life. Um, but these are really inspirational stories that hopefully listeners can get to know a bit more about us and why we love basketball so much. In saying that, we'll go into our next segment, the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And the Chicago Bulls have won their first ever NBA championship. As Kobe Bryant at the buzzer in overtime gets the win for Los Angeles. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. It's over. The Bucks have done it. Celebration has begun in Boston. Most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches and how it carries forward to the next generation. Today we are talking about the Denver Nuggets. We obviously know that they have the star, the back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic, but they also have a few other players that have been missing in action for this whole season. We obviously know Jamal Murray has been injured and Michael Porter Jr. has been injured. I've just watched on TikTok and apparently they're the three top highest players in the team. And obviously Nikola Jokic is the only one that's been playing. Uh, I'll start with you, Haley. What do you think of the season? Obviously Nikola Jokic carried, carried the Nuggets to the playoffs. We didn't <laughs> do it. But what do you think of the Denver Nuggets in in perspective of how they went this year and how Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back will help their team. So talking about the future or what's just been? The next season, maybe a bit of both. Like this season, can they take anything out of this season and apply it into next year? Yeah. Well, I think obviously, you know, they came into this year knowing they didn't have Jamal Murray. Like that was a pre-season loss for them. But obviously they had the MVP in Jokic and, you know, for him to come back from that and back it up again with a second MVP was pretty impressive. Um, I think a big piece for them was getting, I don't know what his actual name is, but Bones Highland. I think that was a really big pickup for them and he showed that he's got, you know, a bright future for the team. Um, also with Michael Porter Jr. obviously having that back surgery. Um, yeah, I think they're sort of just preparing now for this next season and I think it was Will Barton and... Um, Monte Morris? Oh no. Yeah, Monte Morris. Like, <laughs> but they've—I think they've moved both of them out of the team now, so they've freed up some cap space. Or yeah, so I think obviously it'll be great having Jamal Murray back. He sort of went off in the bubble, <laughs> so I think they've got an exciting year ahead. But in terms of how they'll finish, I think it depends a lot on the teams around them, really, because the West is so strong. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I'll pass this on to you now, Shelley. I know you love your European players, so you would have 
watched Nikola Jokic very closely. Uh, do you think he's got the right support system in Denver? Do you, or do you think he's like by himself pretty much just carrying the team? Um, yes, I do know Nikola. Uh, he did carry his team to a very, very solid semi-final defeat, was it? I saw first round against the... Oh, yeah, it was, it was against Warriors. What do I remember? I remember Nicola pushing us a lot, a lot of times. <laughs> Trust me. Actually, yeah, I think it was the Warriors. Yeah, it was Warriors. No, I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? He just signed a max deal and, like, hats off to him. He deserves it. He's back-to-back MVP. He's carried his team all through this. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to throw – to see what this year brings with um Murray and Porter Jr. coming back. Obviously, they'll probably both be on limited minutes, I'm, guess- I'm guessing, like for the first what quarter, half of the season, who knows. But that's still going to give a lot more breathing space to Nicola, so he's not going to have to defend so much. And we know that Porter Jr. is a really good defender. Like he can actually defend out on that three-point line, and they're, bo- they're both really good at defending the guards which is what Nicholas had to be doing majority of this season, trying to defend every the big man plus the guards, which he gets ended up in a bloody um, washing machine for. So I think just even bringing those experienced players back and a bit more of a bench, um, who we were saying before that they acquired Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith. Smith? Yeah, Ish Smith. And did you say um, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, well, I don't know. I don't even understand why. I mean, yeah, I understand. It's just you signed it on a one-year um, minimum vet salary, but come on, like that's your backup center. Come on, you've had so many like other vets. I mean, they had what they had Plumley, didn't they? Or they have Plumley? No, Plumley's at um, Charlotte now. He's been there for a bit, but yeah. he like. Oh, come on, like, couldn't you have at least put that money into, like, some half-decent rookie center instead of DeAndre Joe or whatever? You know, he, I might be eating my words in six months' time. He might turn around and give me bloody double-doubles every night. I don't know. But, okay, I'm just excited to see what Denver will bring by having Nicola have a lot more breathing space. So it's going to be able to give him the space um, and time, breathing time, minutes now, more minutes on the bench to recover. Like we all know that he's he, he needs that recovery time. So I just think by having those players back around him is just going to allow him to do so much more. Yeah. As you mentioned with the money situation, they are paying some ridiculous contracts. I did want to ask, either one of you can jump in. Do you think Denver are making the right calls with their money? We know Michael Porter Jr. is quite injury prone, yet he's making 30, $35 million a year. And Jamal Murray hasn't played in a year and is still making $30 million a year. <coughs> can't then go and buy a new, like a new star in the making because you're paying these massive contracts where players are clearly injury prone and it's not a small injury. It's a significant injury that leaves you on the sideline forever. Are they making the right call with these contracts or do they need to maybe switch it up in the management's area and try and fix that problem? I mean, Steph Curry was very injury prone in his early career. 
Um, just want to put that out there. <laughs> um, it, that's a really good question though. And no one can really, well, I'm, I don't, I can't really answer it. Mm. Um, they are both really good players. Um, as you said, Porter Jr. in my eyes is more injury prone, I think. Um, Jamal Murray's been there for a very long time. He's like, you just see him in that Denver uniform. You see him playing there for the rest of his career. Um, I'm okay with them sticking to it. Um, I know there's been, you know, there's probably that many Hall of Famers that got paid that many millions of dollars that had to sit on the sidelines for two, three, four years. Um, You know, we've got how many Warriors that have had ACLs, Kevin Durant, I like just, yeah, that's one of the trickiest questions and thinking about sport, as anyone knows, injuries. We wish we'd all have a little glass ball here, but we don't. Um, I'm, uh, in my opinion, Jamal Murray, yeah, I'm okay with it. Porter Jr., eh. Uh, How does Jokic play next season with hopefully Jamal Murray back? Do you think his numbers will drop? Do you think he can win back-to-back-to-back MVP? I've heard videos saying the NBA just will not give him back to back to back. They will not give Could you. Could you imagine? <laughs> Has that ever happened? I mean, you'd be going as if you would not be going into the season having that on your shoulder, knowing that you uh, you can potentially win another MVP. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won it. Oh, of course he did. Yeah. yeah. So it has been done, but I feel like the NBA kind of go we're not giving back to back to back regardless of how I don't know play <laughs> I mean look at what he did this year like you got like I don't know he's he's got everything to win another MVP like honestly my question to you and to anyone is who can stop him well we we do know Joel Embiid is quite salty that he didn't win <laughs> yeah yeah Joel Embiid is salty bloody any any sort of rain but if he stays healthy I I truly I truly believe that he he can be the the next um the next star of the league or do do we go a new player like I feel like Luka Doncic is due for uh, I really feel like he's due for one I've been waiting for uh, years that would make me so happy <laughs> I mean we're just sticking to the same country now I know that's okay I'm I'm okay with the Europeans. I'm a little bit, I don't know. I I feel like Nicola doesn't need the team around him to be the MVP. But I feel like Joel needs the team around him to be MVP. Yeah. I feel like he does. I don't think he can like carry a team like that, like Nicola can. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it was the right choice this season. <sighs> we thought Denver would were like out as soon as we heard about Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. being out we thought they wouldn't even be close to the playoffs and yet they beat the likes of the Lakers which I'm still upset about yeah. and, uh, they, and they ran the Warriors like they made us scared yeah they were competitive in that first round against the Warriors so competitive so competitive they just didn't have the the bench strength and the ability to make it further than than they did but that's it that's it's bench it, it, that was bench numbers because you need a bench to give, you know, your, your stars rest. Nicola, like, what, sits 44 seconds a game. You can't be asking him to sit only 44 seconds a game. Back-to-back back, back back games, seven yeah. games. It's a, bit, it's a bit of a tough ask. Too much. Um, hopefully the Denver Nuggets 
get these players back and can improve. It will be really exciting to see, you know, where Michael Porter Jr. fits, where Jamal Murray fits and how Nikola Jokic's numbers improve or maybe go down a little with that help around him. Uh, But let's go into the match because this is super exciting. I can't wait to talk about this matchup. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Okay, we are talking USA basketball. We are talking the dream team the 1992 USA men's basketball team and the Redeem team, the 2008 USA basketball team. This is a star-studded lineup. Like, there's stars everywhere you look. We have Michael Jordan. We have Magic Johnson. We have David Robinson. We have Scottie Pippen. We have Kobe Bryant, LeBron, Chris Ball. You could list it forever. Shelley, what do you think of these two teams let's start off with the 1992 because we do have arguably the greatest of all time Michael Jordan matched up with Magic Johnson who is an absolute star and then you've got Scottie Pippen and the small forward I mean (laughs) you've just said it you've got the greatest player of all time Michael Jordan you've got the greatest point guard of all time Magic Johnson don't at me then you've got what two one and uh, two of the best top five what you know in the top five power forwards of all time Carl Malone and Bar- Charles Barkley. Um, who else have you got? Larry Bird, Ewing, David Robinson, Larry. But one of the greatest scorers of all time in Larry Bird. MJ is MJ, but then you've got Larry Bird. I mean, like you've got offensive bells left, right, and center. But you've got defensive pressure everywhere. You've got defensive, just defensiveness everywhere. I mean, the dream team, like I said to you before, Riley, um, I don't know basketball, you know, I never knew basketball. Mm-hmm. So I know um, when I started to learn about it, my partner at the time was obsessed with basketball. So he would show me all, all old yeah. old school you know so it was never like I said I started watching it 2008-2009 um that's when you know that next team comes around but I used to get shown all the old school um stuff to to learn what basketball was and then when Michael Jordan's uh what's his documentary The Last Dance there we go yeah. when that came out that actually showed you, like, it took the camera and followed you. Like, it was crazy seeing it through MJ's eyes, you know, because they followed the camera, throwed at MJ, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was about Michael Jordan, but then they were stars, like, landing in Barcelona and, like, just the people were mental. Like, it was mental. They yeah. they weren't basketball players. They were absolute celebrities. And they, like, went and smashed every single team by, like, what was it, an average of 46 points, beat yeah. Croatia in the gold medal game. And yeah. I I love that, watching that game, because that's when they played against Tony Kukoc. Kukoc? Kukoc, whatever his name is. Hard Before he, then he went to the Bulls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember. Remember that. when they, like, bullied him, they bullied him, and then he came yeah. to the Bulls and they bullied him. And, oh, yeah, I lo- love old school basketball. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's amazing. It's the most amazing team 
ever. And as as I say, I don't know, I don't know a lot of basketball and the history, but you go to an Olympics game, you d- destroy all your teams by 46 points. You win your gold medal by 30 odd points. You've got, I've just said it, the best of the best of the best, best player ever to ever live, best point guard to ever have been, two of the best centers, Larry Bird, one of the best scorers of all time. Like what else can I say? I'm sorry, redeemed team, but I've obviously already made my mind up. But yep. we cannot forget about this 2008 USA team. The, they were the redeemed team because the Olympics before they finished third in the Olympics and USA was like, well, that's not good enough. We do not finish third in basketball. We've got the NBA, blah, 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 blah. So they have put together arguably, again, a very, very impressive lineup. Uh, this is why we're talking about these two teams in particular. You've got LeBron, Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, Chris Bosch, and prime Dwight Howard in the starting five. And then you have Dwayne Wade coming off the bench, Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench. They were stacked as well. And I feel like they, absolutely. they didn't lose a single game either. And honestly, no, that, they absolutely, no, they didn't. They, they had to, they are absolutely are the redeemed team. They won bronze in that 2004, as you said. Um, but Look at that! Look like look at their team. You've got a Kobe at, at that time. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade coming off the bench. Um, oh God, who else have we got? Dwight Howard, Chris. Dwight Bob. Howard, a, a prime Dwight Howard, like a prime, prime, prime Dwight Howard. In the, they didn't lose it. No, they didn't lose a game either. Here we go. They won by margin of thirty-two. Uh, look at that, thirty-two points. They came out and smashed Spain, who were, you know, the gold medalists in Argentina. They had a great, they had an absolute great run. And Spain wouldn't have been an easy feat because there was Pau Gasol and there would have been Marc Gasol in. Pau, Marc, Ricky, everyone. That would have been a hard, that would have been a hard matchup if it wasn't this team. Oh, Um, yeah. And we've got to think like LeBron would have been like, not that he's never not in prime, like 37 and still going to (laughs) game pretty outstanding but he's you know in that conversation for greatest of all time Kobe Bryant is in and out of that conversation depending on who you ask you know yes Magic and MJ are a very lethal duo but you can't argue that Kobe and LeBron would have just been absolutely petrifying I would have I would have just not even played D let them die absolutely (laughs) oh my god absolutely absolutely I mean you ask it's the it's like the question you know you ask everyone these days like you know oh what's the greatest Lakers thingy you'd like to see and everyone's like oh LeBron and Kobe LeBron and Kobe like yeah it would have been absolutely insane and I still think in that I always think of like the teams in that time I never get involved in the arguments like oh which team was going to beat which team and I'm like you can't do that because the game's so different in each era and just no I'm not I'm not getting involved in that so I think these two teams are very different in their eras but you also got to like you said Think about what was around them at those times, the teams that were around them as well. In yeah, that yeah. 2008, in that, um, uh, where was that, Beijing, mm. that was a scary time. You know, Argentina were coming up. In 2008, your early 2000s, that's when all your European players then started coming over to America, started jumping a, a, across to the NBA. You know, you started in European, you started in La Liga or, or Serie A or whatever. You did your first two years and you jumped over. So all these European teams 
were becoming amazing. Argentina was becoming amazing. Uh, you know, Scola, everyone were going up into America. So these teams were in their prime. So it was almost hard, like, I don't want to say harder, but it was almost like more of a fight, the Redeem team having a, yeah, the team that they did, but they had a lot of competition, not putting yeah. anything past the Dream team. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously they're the Dream team for a reason. They're the Redeem <laughs> team for a reason. But in saying this, we were talking about this just before the show started. USA has kind of taken a back step in the last few years. Do you think there could be another dream team that comes through or do you think that that the Olympics is now not as, as like they're not as proud to play in it as they once were? There is 100% another dream team now. There was mm. probably another dream team maybe 10 years ago. Mm. In saying that though, USA may be a little bit stricter in the fact that it is a business in those players, but... Australia is looking very promising for a gold medal soon. You've got the likes of Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels coming through. Luke Travers is having a really good summer league for those that haven't watched him play. I have never really heard of him until now, and he's absolutely killing it in the summer league. Um, Jack White got a just recently got a contract to Denver. Oh. Yeah, so it's looking good. I'm, I'm not going to say, like, we're going to get gold, but I'm <laughs> loving this future. And then, obviously, I don't think Ben Simmons will ever play the Olympics because oh. Ben Simmons. But if he, ever, if he ever decided to maybe one day wake up and join, um, it would be pretty incredible. Do you maybe see an Australian dream team in the future? I mean, we all know I don't follow the Australian boys as much as I should. Um but now, and that's because, you know, we didn't have as many in the NBA, um, but a lot more are getting drafted, like a lot more are getting drafted now, um, which is obviously taking my interest. So I'm following these guys. Um, I don't know enough, but I think just the, that seeing, like even seeing firsthand down at the Australian Institute of Sport, the NBA Academy they've got down there, you know, I, I love it when I go down and train there. I get to use the same bathrooms that the NBA Academy is in. And I'm like, yep, you know, okay, I'm going in. Like <laughs> just seeing all those guys training, you know, just they're training, they're 14, 15 years old, but just seeing the facilities that we have here in Australia, the competitions, um, like yourself, you play in all, you know, the local, I don't know the able body side in the comp- in the world in the competitions, but there's so many tournaments and competitions in Australia the academy is amazing. The facilities that we have here is amazing. And I think now the road to yeah, college yeah. and the road to the NBA is a lot easier than it has been. So I definitely think that if it's not now, it's definitely a possibility in the near future. Yeah, Australia is beginning to be on the map for people to come. Obviously, I think LaMelo Ball really started that trend to come over to the NBA. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but it's really exciting. I, I'm really excited to see the next Olympic team to play for Australia. I'm really excited to see what that could be. Um, with, I mean, think about in 10 years, like yeah. in Brisbane here, like yeah. that, that's insane. I was talking about it to a friend the other day and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, no, I'll be retired. No, stop <laughs> that. I will not be playing. I'll be retired. But damn, like this is going to be insane. I mean, 
that's 10 years time. Imagine the team, like all those guys you just saying, they'll be like. Yeah. Veteran. Yeah. Your vets, your experienced vets going to a couple of games. Like we yeah. could be absolutely getting that gold medal. And there's nothing better than a home ground advantage. Absolutely. And I used to coach with Michelle Brogan, who is an Alex an ex-Olympian and recently in the Hall of Fame for Australia. And she showed me her 2000 medal and she goes, there was just nothing, there was just nothing like it. There was just nothing like playing at Sydney and hearing, just hearing the crowd when you walk out. And I was like, wow, that that would have just been incredible. And (laughs) her perspective on it. So 10 years time, you've got to, you've got to surely bring out the shoes again, just to, just to go and play. (laughs) Just go and play it. Oh my god! I say to all my team, I'm like, guys, I'm retiring after with the next one's in Paris. I'm like, I've just go to Paris, and then retiring after that one. Everyone's like, my family and friends who forget how old I am, they're like, oh yeah, Shelley, Brisbane. I'm like, guys, it's ten years. I'm old. I'm 37. That will make me 47. That don't, no, <laughs> I'll be in the stands. Maybe we we'll wrap you in bubble wrap for like. Oh 10 god! And then get you out. <laughs> Push me down there. <laughs> get you out there. <laughs> oh god all right we'll see how we go yeah we'll see well dream team versus redeem team australia's dream team in potential but we're looking forward to the future stars and then obviously to be able to reflect on the past stars or the stars that are still in our league like lebron and chris paul is really exciting and just see how far usa basketball has gone how far australia basketball is hopefully going and yeah now we will go into our final segment rapid fire and we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Okay, today we're talking about Derek Rose. He has had an interesting career, to say the least, a very hard career. You... I feel like no one in the league hates him because you you look at his name and you just feel sorry for him. You feel heartbroken because he could have been, the sky was the limit for him. And then obviously injuries has just crippled him. And now he's kind of a role player. But my main question of this segment is, is he a hall of famer? And I'll pass this on to you, Shelley, obviously. Do you think he is? He obviously won the youngest MVP winner ever. Three time. Time. I yeah. know. I've got the softest spot for him, eh? As you said, like, hands up who hates him. No one will raise their hand. Like, he's just the most likable player. He has um, had the worst, worst, worst run of injury. Now, Derek Rose, um, I do have a uh, – a really, really um, small, small, small love for him. Um, as I said, he's got, he's had a lot of injury problems. He's moved around from so many, so many different teams. Like I don't, I don't even have all his team lists here, but he's probably gone from here to here to here, 10 day contract there, two week contract here, 30 day contract here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the poor thing just continuously gets injured. Mm-hmm. But when he's not injured, oh my God. Even at his veteran age right now, he just pulls out pull, pulls out these, like, he can just have these games. And you're just like, what? What? Like, there can be, like, a LeBron James Lakers something on and that's getting all the, like, headlines. And the next thing it is is, like, D-Rose, 45, 15, and 10. And you're just like, 
there. Like he's still doing this. Like he's still there. As you said, he's the youngest 2000, he got when MVP 2010-11 season, the youngest ever, (laughs) excuse me, is a three-time all-star. And that's probably only those numbers are only because of his injuries. Yeah. Really. Um, all NBA, rookie, rookie of the year, all rookie, all rookie team. Um, he's just had a really, really, really bad run of injuries. And as we were saying before, Riley, if he didn't make the Hall of Fame, he's gonna, he's, he'll have to be the only MVP, youngest ever MVP, to never make the Hall of Fame. That's what I was just about to ask you: was that he would, if he doesn't make the MVP? every other MVP in NBA history has made the Hall of Fame. So to me, you can't really, like, you can't discredit him because of his injuries. You, you kind of think, oh, what could have been? But he, I, I remember a few years ago that 50-point game he put up and he was in tears and he absolutely, he just yes. he embraced every part of it. But that's, he's still got that talent. But but because of his injuries, obviously his ACL tear into 2012 he hasn't been able to highlight that which it would just be such a shame if he didn't make MVP uh, Hall of Fame sorry it would be such a shame because I I think like I said earlier no one hates him no one would hate if he made the Hall of Fame it would really like the question would be what determines a Hall of Famer Mm. because what what that question is what determines a Hall of Famer he has to be in there somewhere. Like there's got to be all these definitions of what determines the Hall of Famer. There has to be. There's a panel they've got to determine. And surely, surely Derek Rose fits in there. A, yes, as the youngest ever mm. MVP. Like, But I also like to think of like Anthony Davis obviously made all NBA 75 team. And he is so talented, but honestly, is he, he's lucky to play like 25 games a year over the last four four years. And he's going to make Hall of Fame, obviously, but I feel like he hasn't won an MVP. He hasn't won a finals MVP. He And he's going to make Hall of Fame. Yeah. Where I can see like Derek Rose, who is an MVP winner, three-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, All-NBA team. Yeah. Like I feel like that, like you look at those two players, Anthony Davis, all NBA 75, Derek Rose on the cusp of winning of a Hall of Fame. Like it, to me, it's a bit crazy when you see that there is players that are injured that are in these like 75 teams that still get all this credit. And then you look at Derek Rose and he he kind of is that forgotten player. Oh, 100%. There are some other players that we could think about. Rajon Rondo, Kyle Lowry. These guys were in their prime, are very, very talented. Oh, I love yeah. watching... I know Rajon Rondo is in the end of his career when he came to Lakers, but I love I love, him, but... I love Rondo. Oh yeah. When he came to yeah, when he came to Lakers, uh, that was just laughter to me. But it was the end of his career. But like a prime Rondo, um, where was it? Boston? Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does, but does he make Hall of Fame? Well, yeah, exactly. He doesn't, does he? You can't give everyone a key to the hall true but not necessarily like first ballot I was I was trying to think of I watched a video literally last week it was someone <laughs> that wouldn't be a first ballot hall of fame but would maybe be like a second or third and I was like well maybe that's like a Rajon Rondo situation that he has like he's very good like his passing his IQ is so high 
at the elite elite level he's so smart for a small guy as well like he's not just like small small he's like he's thin he's small yeah and he's a game changer too like I believe like watching him play even in the Lakers in the end of his career where he's not necessarily the star he changed the pace of the game whenever he he whenever he he so he's a game changer does that does that put you in criteria? And he's won. He's won a finals. Does that's, he? That's that question again. What no. determines a Hall of Famer? Yeah, exactly. And actually, I remember the video now. You're, you're not going to love this one, Shelley. Um, oh it was about Clay Thompson. No, of course, <laughs> it, was. it was about Clay Thompson making the Hall of Fame, and it was like, if he was on another team, would he make the Hall of Fame? Because realistically. <laughs> He's just been with Steph his whole career, and I feel like that's a bit unfair on him because he can't change who his teammate who his teammate is. Um, and he's obviously. Oh, do you say that to all the Hall of Famers, <laughs> like MJ, everyone that's been on like one team their whole entire life? Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, the old school guys, like they were all on one team forever. I know. I was like, I, I was like, oh, yeah. I, I still think he's a Hall of Famer, but. Maybe not first ballot. I don't know how. I don't know how it really works, but I think he's still a Hall of Famer. Um, he, the, I mean, his only thing is he'd have more records if Steph Curry didn't exist. All the <laughs> records would be to Clay. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just I watched it. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But these players are obviously so talented, and it's such a hard call. I don't even know who picks exactly. the Hall of Fame. Um. I do hope to see Derek Rose in it, though. Do you? I do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That would be the ones, like, it would come up and I'd do the smile and if I was in my car or something, I'd, I'd like, almost have a tear and then I'd look at someone and be like, stop it, I'm, I'm nothing, stop. No no crying, yeah, no crying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think he's, yeah. As, as we said, you can't discredit his MVP season if every other MVP in NBA history has had a Hall of Fame to their name exactly you you just gotta sit there and think imagine like you just go okay the hall of famer like look at what he did in those limited number number of seasons like imagine what could have if he didn't have those injuries and Mm -hmm. if i look at that i'm like that's that's a hall of famer like he didn't even do it yet but Mm -hmm. yeah imagine what he could have yeah and just to finish like he he has changed the game in that players wanted to be like him growing up. So I think for that reason as well, he should be in the Hall of Fame because he is he led the next generation. Without him, there is no other guards that have just absolutely killed it. So I personally think he deserves to be in there. There was also a little bit of longevity in there. He is still playing. So he can't be like all that bad and all that injured when he's still playing, he's still out there. And he's still balling 50 points a few seasons. He is. He's still balling. He's still rocking out his awesome hair, mm-hmm. bloody hair. He's got his kids and his wife. I, I follow her on yeah. Instagram, but that's all right. Anyways, he's, yeah, exactly. He's balling. He'll be in there. Yeah, of course. Well, as always, thank you so much for joining, Shelley. You always, you always have the best insight. And obviously next week we'll try and get Haley on for a little bit longer. That <laughs> is is it's just not it doesn't have its day with her all the time but thank you for listening thank you for your support uh and we will see you next week
You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.